9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. It's the return of Go Quarantine Yourself. Who would have thought that we were going to be here in the late December period of 2021 and the eve of another lockdown? Uh, in Quebec. Uh, I mean, maybe everybody. Um, so yeah, so since everybody has their shows canceled and whatnot, uh, it's a little bit hard to have anybody who was going to plug anything. So Chris and I decided to bring back Go Quarantine Yourself. Remember? Quarantining Yourself? Yeah. Uh, this is a pretty great episode, though. Chris and I just sort of uh, kind of try to talk about sports, which we do talk about the Olympics. We talk about the Habs a whole bunch. And then we end the show by talking about all three seasons of Succession, because Chris just binged Succession. And it's one of the best shows on television. So sit back and enjoy a rousing round of discussion with Mr. Chris Vendito and myself. Go quarantine yourself and stay safe. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. So, so Chris, Chris, buddy buddy my guy um so as the listeners might know uh montreal's going back down into at least like lockdown light maybe full lockdown so this oh, is the ret- yeah. this is the return of go quarantine yourself we had a big guest lined up i'm not gonna say who it was but it was one of the justins you well, know I, any one of the justins one of the justins one of the justins but now with all the shows bars dance halls everything closed down we're back to quarantining. Yeah, so. except for Ital- some, one Italian restaurant on uh, Saint Laurent, but otherwise, you know, <laughs> everyone else, everyone else is gonna follow the rules. But we're gonna have rebels in disguise, baby. Let's go. Well, the re- uh, restaurants as of as of recording, restaurants are allowed at fifty percent, right? Yeah, he he sent that. We're recording this Tuesday, December twenty first. It's yeah. like three twenty three Eastern. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. My, my- my take is, is a very draconian, riding... a very draconian quote though was released today. We're gonna have to make some tough decisions, and we'll see you tomorrow. And it's just like, what? what what's happened? Yeah, what I like. Part of me says that, or, or I mean, like, it's, and I don't know what the right call is, but there's like, part of me thinks that if we're looking at thirty to fifty, say, hospitalizations a day. You're counting the days. There's four more days till Christmas. You say, okay, can we put another 150 people in the hospital, then lock it down? And I know it's a crappy balancing act, but everybody's going to get together at Christmas anyway, right? Like everybody's going to shirk the rules because, you know, we were so close and we didn't get one last year. So I'm like, I, I, I can see that calculation. Like my, my prediction is full lockdown for full curfew, everything boxing day. Boom. That's. Like, I think the... I definitely think a curfew is coming. I think the curfew will be 10 p.m. Um, mm-hmm. I think Christmases will still happen. Yeah. They're not going to say no gatherings. They're going to say 10 max to keep it at max 10. I'll be real mm-hmm. surprised if they take away the gatherings. Exactly. Because, first of all, it's not going to work. People are going to gather. Yeah. This is going to happen. Just, I mean, I, I'm, in, I'm in the protocol, so I'm, my Christmas has been canceled. Yeah, uh, me personally, I'm in the protocol. I'm in the COVID protocol. You're on the NHL, uh, the like on that that website. The NFL, that track, the NFL, tracks them all. 
Yeah, yeah, the NFL COVID injury list, you know? Like, I'm, yeah, a, yeah. My, I'm a close contact, I'm a positive, I'm waiting yeah. for test results. My Christmas is canceled. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just because I have family and stuff, and we're not – it's not even – I think we're obviously we're, – we're, you know, you're, you want the people vulnerable in your life to be careful. But for me, it's more like the, my brother, my sister, my friends, putting them in a, a position where they're going to have to go get tested or hassle on them. Yeah. That's the stuff that's just not worth it. And we, yeah, we, exactly. speak, we speak a lot about what everyone – Yeah, I'm sure, Keith, you were flooded with – uh, takes yesterday on your various social media pages i was different... I, I i was pretty happy actually that i that over the course you've done of, a I good job the purging last, the last 18 months i've been like less like this mute this person less yeah. like this that i was surprised that the like most of the takes that i had around social medias was like listen man it's kind of bullshit but it is what it is let's just get through it like Same. like very reasonable like like yeah, this sucks. My for favorite, I said this couple my, reasons, but let's just push through. What, what else can you do, man? My favorite stuff is that the people who think they're like fucking breaking news that your government is uh, corrupt. I'm like, oh really? This is what <laughs> sold it. It wasn't the years and years of actual corruption that was really blatant in our face. It's this moment in time now. Like, yeah, like I understand the majority of people have lived the the last like their however many years of their life before COVID. Like, totally oblivious to, like, politics. But, like, politicians at their core are corrupt. That's why they're politicians. People who follow, like, the news or the the world know this. They get together every quarter and call it the G8, and it's just a bunch of people spending money on fucking overpriced steak. So, like, this but, but at a, at a small level, breaking news. You're not breaking news of, that you're telling me that media and politicians are corrupt. Just At a smaller, way, on a smaller local level, like we are basically a Montreal podcast, like we do have listeners across Canada and the United States and around the world. But I mean, the majority of you are in, from Montreal. A buddy of mine asked, he's like, would the COVID response have been better or worse under the like pre like like pre Coder, pre whatever, like under the real corrupt regime of Montreal politics? I was like, ah, that's an interesting question. I was like, well, I mean, what's what's. I don't know what's cleaner about today's politics than under well, I mean, like, what, they don't have the deep seated ties. Are we, we're, we're just assuming Valerie Plant's not a corrupt politician? Like, I don't well, understand. If, if she is, she's like, she's new corrupt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like she doesn't have, like, the deep rooted ties that most of our marriage I mean, if you ask you Montgomery, she'll say a different story. If you ask certain members of, uh, of the city who live outside the plateau, They'd sing a different tune, you know, whatever. But beyond that, Valerie Plant, whoever's the mayor of Montreal in this situation, is powerless in this situation because the mayor has no control over mandates. Yeah, what's the, what the provincial policies or, are? Yeah, so like it's it's what what would it be versus Couillard or or earlier? I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, you think of Ontario and Quebec during this pandemic to have to be steered by. A Rob Ford, <laughs> and Rob Ford, or Doug yeah. Ford, whatever the guy is, the, the a Ford. That's brother. Rob, isn't it? Isn't it Rob? Isn't it Rob was the Coke mayor, and this is Doug Ford. Rob's dead. Rob's right? dead. This is Doug okay. Ford and and Frankie Legault. The first family of Ontario, the Fords, <laughs> like, like the Kennedys, know. but shitty. I don't know if Ontario and Quebec w- w- could have been put in a worse position by having them boys. Yeah. Uh, lead us through this. Uh, at least in Quebec, I- I'm of the opinion that 
they're just too incompetent to be doing these things like as some mass conspiracy. They're just too dumb. They wouldn't be able to pull it off. So oh, yeah. for me, it's just sheer incompetence. And this is what we see. They, they make a decision one day. They walk it back the next. They say things that don't make much sense. The thing they did to the Habs kind of uh, shutting that down the same day kind of oddly felt like a fuck you to the Habs. Make sure you hire a French GM. That's Chris's conspiracy theory. It's a good segue, Actually, though. We said we were going to do sports on we, this one. We're going to do sports. But, uh, yeah, on the COVID stuff, listen, let's let's all stay safe. Let's, let's try to get through this. There's going to be a lot of white noise coming from a lot of different corners. Just keep it as white noise and keep it forward. Because, ultimately, it's not just the anti-vaxxers. That are yelling. You're gonna have the people who are like, "Let's lock down as of 11 a.m. in the morning, too." So, like, there's two sides to the yeah. crazy. I don't want to both sides the argument, but there is just, just good, a lot of good white people noise. on both sides. There's a lot of white noise. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. There's a lot of white noise. Yeah, I mean, like, like to me, my 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 COVID take is: you do the thing, you stay safe. You don't know when you're gonna get sick. You don't like. I mean, like, I was listening, bringing it back to like sports or whatever. I was listening to to Puck Soup, and apparently, the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL are really, really, really floating oh, around dude, the idea. Keith, you could play. You could you could get a contract in the NBA right now. Yeah, <laughs> you, could, you could get a ten day. Yeah. No, 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 no. You could run. How's your cardio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could, I, I'm, you, I'm all right. How tall are you? What are you like? Six, coming in at like what? Six one, six two? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, then you may, may not. If you're above, yeah. if you're like six three and in shape right now, between the ages of twenty and forty, I want to say thirty seven, you could get a ten day contract in the league. Yeah, that's how yes. bad it is in the NBA right now. Well, I, yeah. Well, I mean, like, and it's not much better on the NHL. Like, I was taking a look. So when you said, "Oh, let's maybe do something on the Habs," right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, "Oh, I should." <laughs> I'll look up, I'll read up on the Habs a bit because I've checked out. And so Jonathan Drouin's line mates right now. Can you name them? Couldn't so, tell uh, you. So I have I've barely watched a minute all year. Je- Jesse Yelonen and Laurent Dauphin. You know, you know those your favorite Habs? <laughs> those are Drouin's line well, mates. Well, thank God we got French names again, you know? On liter- and they're like one of the more productive lines <laughs> on the team. Yeah, no, but uh, so, but apparently there's there's rumblings of at least some people are general managers, owners, whatever, suggesting the idea that they just play through all of it. They they just cut the protocol crap. Some people are going to get sick. Let's just go now well, that everybody's vaccinated. It's it's crazy. Health. It's crazy. Like and like and like it doesn't. I mean, it's not that crazy because like the reality is is if you're double vaccinated and you're isolated and you get omicron and whatever else you don't get that bad symptoms but i was like but even like a 0.5% let's say one guy has his career ended by it okay if you're like a fourth line or a bench warmer or whatever you're like that's a bummer thoughts and prayers but i'm like what if connor mcdavid has his career ended by covid now you're like oh the nhl is a moron like you can't run that risk you can't First of you all, can't do that um there is some there is something to suggest that we got to stop looking at number of cases, right? I'm not. I was listening to a podcast. I'm a big sports well, it's numbers fan of and, hospitalizations. Period. Like to yeah, me, that's the number that yeah, terrifies I, me. I was a big. I was a big big sports fan. ESPN ran it. Has their podcast, The Daily, where they put out a new topic every day, and they specifically were talking about COVID's latest reaction, um, latest impact on sports, and how the the doctors there are reacting. The NFL has gone full pivot on this. If you're vaccinated, you're no longer going to be tested unless you show symptoms or you report yep. symptoms. 
You're no longer yep. being so that's gonna cut significantly people who are I mean because now you now you get sidelined the minute you're exposed or may have been exposed. You test positive, or you test positive or you're a close contact, you're pulled. That was the old protocols. Vax, yeah. unvax doesn't matter. That's gone now. If only only unvax is that the rule. If you're vaxxed in the NFL, see see no COVID, hear no COVID, be no COVID. That's basically yeah. what we're going with. And uh let's it's it's one way to play it. Uh I, I mean and NFL, also the NFL, I've maintained this. NFL is never taking a pause. The NHL has a pause built into their schedule because they're definitely not going to fucking China for the Olympics. Yeah, well, they, they just they just took a longer um, they just took a longer holiday break, right? They're doing five days instead of three. Not yeah, that they a have huge, a month. Not that that's a huge difference. They but have it, a month it, where they could move all these rescheduled or delayed games into because they're not going to China anymore. Well, the that's worst not, is they that's going to be announced tomorrow. For sure, that that I agree with. But the worst is you know that they kind of can't, so that's going to be a scramble thing too because all the arenas are booked. All the arenas are booked, bro. Oh, Billy well, Billy Joel's coming to town and stuff. But I'm saying like it's it's like it's weirdly apparently like logistically way harder. Like some of the ideas that they were floating around would be like no fans and they're playing in the practice arenas. And I was like, no, they're not going to do that, especially not the American teams. Especially like, not the NHL because the NHL more than any other sports league relies on uh, at the gate concessions as part of their yeah. overall revenue. Whereas fucking baseball, basketball, and hockey. Yeah, the TV and I know the NFL here. and the NBA, NHL. To be fair, just got two huge new TV mm-hmm. contracts in the States this year, but they pale in comparison to a basketball, baseball, and don't even quite, don't even talk about football. Yeah, exactly. Have in terms of TV revenue. So their, their main revenue is still tied towards what they do in the gate every night. They can't give up those games. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's apparently. They're already, they're already crying poor as a league. They're already. Yeah. Yeah. That's poor. it. All the, all the money in escrow and all this and that, and there are no salary cap increase for the next three years. But yeah, no, like that's it. It's like so logistically, apparently, it's a nightmare because all the arenas are booked during those three weeks because they said they were going. Consider that because I would, I would think you have a free month, so you're really going to get a point where they're going to most, most likely be very little to any NHL games in the month of February. Yeah, probably. You know, and I'm historically in every situation really pro player uh, across all fronts. Uh, I, I want the players to get paid. They're the product. Every sport I watch, that's the way I kind of operate. Why would I root for billionaire owners who I've never met mm-hmm. or ever seen do anything? I will say, on the subject of NHL players playing in the Olympics, I've always very much understood the NHL not wanting to be on board with this. They get nothing out of it financially. Well, and this is what's crazy, though. Pay, they pay you pay me an exposure. It's you pay me an exposure bullshit because it's and, they say it's for the growth of the game. I'll agree with all that, but the NHL's entity has to take a month long break to service this. And I will agree with you. Pay me an exposure is bullshit. Except this is the one year where they really want that exposure, right? What, in China? Yeah. Why? If hockey blows up in China, the NHL is saved. That's like that's your revenue. Like, forget about it. If they get like a 10% of what the NBA got, <laughs> like when the NBA popped in China, if the NHL does like 10% of that, they're they're laughing. If they if China starts caring about hockey the way China currently cares about the NBA. In yeah, and, well, and, not, I mean, and I'm, I'm I'm not saying they will. I think I think the NBA is a better a better, more exciting product for casual fans. There's more personalities, but I'm saying I also just think NHL, it's a cheaper sport to to mobilize across. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it'll pop off the way the NBA did, but I do believe that like 
putting a best on best tournament in China, if it even resonates a little bit in that market, dude, they're the, like they're laughing. I can't like, wait they, till they, they get Remember water. they even started they, they dude, get... think pre-pandemic, was it 2018 or 2019? Where they played those preseason games in China. They've been trying to get into China yeah, forever. I can't wait. Honestly, I can't. An wait actual to... best on best tournament in China is a hundred percent what they that's the only reason. Yeah, I get that. that. I'm just saying I can't wait till Connor McDavid has to like read a ad read in Mandarin yeah. for some fucking energy drink <laughs> company. Oh, and and it's just like, you know, and then he's gotta apologize on behalf of you know, Inez Cantor, because Inez Cantor is, has, has moved over to NHL players as his target now. I, you know, it's just sports oh, it, are so fun because they and everything fun. and everything about doing business with China is also disgusting. It's disgusting, right? like, of course. It's like, horrible. It's awful. And be, like that—that's that's the other thing too. <laughs> these people, but everyone does business with China. You know, it's just—it's insane. Like we all talk about. And it's become a political stance or political issue to be like, oh, leftists want love China. It's like, no, no. Everybody loves China. Everybody does business with China. Of all the money people in the world, they are all doing business or want to do business with China. Anything, anything that they say contrary is all bullshit fucking noise. It doesn't really matter. The Trump Trump was famously like always going after China. You know how much business dealings they had in China? Oh, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Well, did you ever see that? There was a South Park, as so often they do, had like a, a real subtle like home run bit a couple years ago whatever yeah. where uh stan's dad is like trying to go over to china to get them to invest in his like his weed farm or whatever but it's like and on the plane going over you see like all these nba players all these disney executives all these like all these soda executives or whatever they're like oh you're going to china for the money yeah me too like yeah, they're, they're just all, like going to get a bag yeah. yeah exactly that's that and 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 the cost of doing business in china is like is just you know all you have to do is completely compromise whatever morals and free speech opinions and whatever. Else I mean no, have. but like I mean, what are you? I mean, we both have an iPhone. Yeah, I'm an Android baby. Okay, well, where's where's your Android made? Korea. Samsung is Korean, I believe. Okay, well, Apple's in China. You have nothing Apple in your house? Absolutely none, sir. You have nothing made in China? Is that what you're telling me? That no, TV? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Sony's baby, Japan. <laughs> So, you know, maybe maybe you're the one guy who sure. practices what he preaches, but, like, I know I have shit that fucking made in China. Uh, because it's what yeah, it for is. sure. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure that's on my pen and whatever else. Like, it's impossible to avoid. Like, I was talking about that, too, when they were on the topic of, oh, that only the politicians are boycotting the Olympics. And uh, it's up to the athletes to go. And, like, the, the, the Olympic committees and all that stuff were saying that, like, they would automatically, athletes could... What was the, the the statement that they said that like the athletes could boycott and like exceptionally would not uh, like the Canadian Olympic Committee or whatever would not take any like punitive action against them. Usually they're usually if what you, are we like, supposed to are these athletes supposed to just go on the word of the government on this? Yeah, like who they, knows? But because but, because they, they, these sports particularly particularly are only possible because of government funding sports like fucking skiing and luge and yeah, bobsled yeah, yeah. and, and on shit. top of that and on top of that too though but i'm like also i was like yeah i kind of can't blame any of the athletes for going right like a no, lot of these the athletes countries. i blame canada for still going diplomatically we're not going to be there but our athletes we're still sending well oh, right but how guy. do you big fucking tough guys yeah but here. how do you as as a country as the government how do you tell uh someone who gets basically one olympic shot that they don't get to go right especially since guess what we already did china pay them all. like they, huh pay them all 
Yeah, but that's it. That, that and that's that's the thing is we won't pay them all. Like like so your one chance at like doing a but best that's why on we're best. Going. So that's why we're going. We're going because of money. Yeah, See, I know. Like we do everything. We're going because of money. The fact that I know, but it's, even that's in what I'm saying. China you can't. Money. But I kind of understand from a from a government perspective. If you tell the athletes, "Hey, we're not going. We're making a real stance against the uh, the atrocities in China," right? That, that which is like which is morally morally. Is, why are we back in China? Hmm. Why are we back in China? We were there in 08. Why are we already back in China in the Olympics? Oh, because so the IOC this, loves money. And where's I looked where's and money? I looked and I looked this up also. It's this is crazy. I was like, like I, I asked the same question. Why are we back in China? And the IOC loves money. So there's like it has to be voted on by the IOC board of whatever. That's 109 members. Yeah. Of 109 members, like four of them are Canadian and American. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. We're back in China. You look like Russia has like five seats and whatever else. Like you're yeah. like, yeah, no. I think shit. it's three like, American, one Canadian. More, no, there's more Canadians than Americans, weirdly. I don't know why or how, but I, I like I looked well, this up last week. I, I'll say this. They, it's hard to get new money into the IOC. It's mm-hmm. all old money. Yeah. Uh, so American businessmen can't manipulate and get in there. Right. Um, and so they and they rely the IOC relies on building brand new fucking venues every Olympics yeah. they go to, yeah. And so with the new money in the states can't get in there, the governments aren't going to fucking sure as fuck aren't going to build new fucking infrastructure. It's failed every single time it's been proposed. The yeah. only reason LA is happening for the Olympics is because they, they the, the the football team built the stadium for the football team. Yeah, same thing with the well, even uh, Vancouver twenty ten. The the Canucks or whatever Rogers like they built that arena for the Canucks. Yeah, that you know that ultimately, and and specifically very not ostensibly very specifically because that was the only Olympics that played on NHL. Oh, I, I thought you meant they were building it for the Olympics. No, no, no. I mean, like no. they, they literally built it for the Canucks, and that's why that Olympics was played on NHL ice, not international ice. Well, that's, well, that's the, why they, that that in BC place. Yeah, being renovated and being injected with like two hundred million dollars worth of money. And that's the last time they're going to do that. Yeah. Listen, I've been talking about for years how corrupt the IOC is. And it's fun because we're going to be talking about succession in a bit. And that that show perfectly, I think, captures like modern business in a way that very few pieces of entertainment ever have. Mm-hmm. But which is not breaking news either. But <laughs> the IOC is basically the mob. Oh, yeah. The IOC, the internet is the International Olympic Committee. Is more corrupt than anything any government official has done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more. I mean, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, Nike, so, so real, real talk, real talk. Who's more corrupt, FIFA or the IOC? I we I we could save this for the for the shit show podcast. That's a good like a good year, uh, a good segment. Who's more corrupt? <laughs> uh, I would. I want to say. Like you want to say the IOC, but then FIFA has like the uh, the World Cup in Qatar in November. Yeah, yeah. FIFA's way up there, and 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 like I really and FIFA I get, just whores themselves out to the highest I, bidder. And I get more succession vibes from FIFA because it's a smaller group of Cause people. Because it's, it's Sepp Blatter and a bunch of fucking fucks. Yeah, like <laughs> that's it. It's like it's like a little Is crew. Is it still of... Sepp Blatter? Is it still Seppi Blatter? Oh, I'm not Is his sure. name? I don't know, but they're but even but and even when they started, they were just a tiny crew of assholes. Like you know, yeah, like yeah. it was it's it was never Gianni not that. Infantino. Yeah, <laughs> he's a Swiss uh, Italian, so I'm sure his money's totally legit. <laughs> he's a Swiss Italian. 
literally <laughs> the most the 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 most stereotypical hidden money like ethnicity you could possibly get like italian money going born, into swiss bank accounts there born you go in switzerland lives in switzerland yeah his money's untouchable uh sep sep ladder was the, the the guy before do they purposely get uh heads of fifa to with just the weirdest fucking name I guess so. God damn. Um, but yeah, no, the IOC, the IOC holds up countries to run their fucking Olympics every two years. And it's about, the, and the, the hilarious thing is, is the athletes get licks to no money. Yeah. The athletes the, well, the athletes get, the only, only money the athletes get is endorsements, period. They get, they're able, <laughs> at least it's, it's just this much better than in college football, college football and college athletics. Yeah, at exactly. least. And now in the college football and college basketball, you could get name, image, and likeness uh, endorsements yeah. as well. Yeah. But fuck, the, the IOC make billions of billions of dollars off this event with TV licensing deals in every fucking country that they want to operate in, mm-hmm. merch deals, sponsorship dollars. The biggest companies in the world fall over themselves trying to get a piece of this pie. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why. Why we're talking about COVID, we have a larger conversation about governments and control over its citizens, and we wonder how all this comes to be. It's because we feed them, we all every day feed a machine, whether we think we are, we're, we're above it all or not. No matter how many fucking chai lattes you want to drink, <laughs> all of us in our fucking own way feed the machine, and that symbolizes what sports is about now, what entertainment's about, what job the job market is. Whatever it is, we are we are just tools to feed the machine. As long as the machine continues to be built, the rest of it doesn't fucking matter. And that's and that's the sad part is because now this whole world is being run like the the IOC, where it's just we're gonna we're gonna fucking hold people hostage if they want to have these events, and it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I hope Canada never hosts another Olympics. And it's gonna happen. Canada's gonna happen. One city's gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. And taxpayer dollars are going to fund it. Yeah, and and I mean, and, that, and that's and that's the big thing, though, is like especially so bringing it back to hockey. We will talk about the Habs. We yeah. promised you we'll have some Habs talk. We will talk about the Habs. Bringing it back to hockey is I was like, the rest of the Olympics are fun. I, I I'm a I'm a Winter Olympics guy. Through I love it. I love it. Love period. the events. Yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but like like Summer Olympics, eh, take it or leave it. I don't care. Sprint. Like, I get it that Summer Olympics seems to be more of like a celebration of like like raw talent right like like sprinting and jumping and like what like a lot of the track and field yeah stuff but is we really... like seeing them flip in the air in the snow you know but that's what i'm saying but i'm like the yeah, freestyle like, skiing i'll watch like like, like a pole skiing, vault you know? a pole vault is cool but send a guy going 100 miles an hour on skis off a huge ramp please <laughs> you know like i'm like that's and he has to do flips like, there's nothing shit. the summer olympics that can do that can beat ski and we all become experts or... right because if there's a canadian if there's a canadian in the, in, in the field who should win like that yeah. kid that couple years ago from 2010 was it bordeaux was it bordeaux bordeaux the kid who won in 2010 there the freestyle from, the, from quebec in the yeah, brother bordeaux right down syndrome i think it was bordeaux Anyways, yeah, he we we all you know, eleven years a, ago, Chris. Bro, long time bro, he's the Gretzky of this game, you know. <laughs> all time, Tom all Brady. Time. He's a Tom Brady. He's Michael Jordan, bro. <laughs> bro. I know. I mean, I think that's also the other thing too is that Canada historically does better in the Winter Games, like we across all sports. We're in the top five <laughs> every every Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Winter, but but yeah, like I said, like all all the sports, even speed skating seems cooler than running. 
<laughs> I'm like, I'll watch not a bunch sprint, of speed. Not straight 100 meters. No, straight 100 meters sprint. 100 meters sprint is probably one of the one of the absolute. Like I'm, I'm kind of shocked that that's not on every Friday night. Like it like, was cool. Like, like give me a hundred meter dash every Friday every night Friday. on Fox with a money line. Like it's, it's horse. You'd be betting on horse racing, but it's dude sprinting. I mean, why? I'll say know? this. I this summer, I put money on uh, Andre DeGrasse there. I got, I got him before the race started. I'm like, absolutely. I put like <laughs> I put some some cash on him, and when he had the best time. In mm-hmm. the group, he dominated that first day of the qualifying round. He finished in first. His odds spiked generally. And so they offered me a huge cash out, and I took it because I'm like, fuck this. I don't think he's going to win tomorrow, actually. And, he, and, he and anything can happen, right? Ended up third. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, but I'll tell you, that, that ten, having like a guy who's like a, a contender for the 100 meter yard dash hmm. is some prideful shit that only that event can bring out of all the yeah. Olympics. That, that's the fastest man alive period yeah right? it's like that, cool. that, it was cool when donovan bailey was the fastest man alive yeah exactly i was a kid i was six years old but it was like i still remember that it was like my first yeah. sporting memories watching that race yeah and i was like like arguably the if you were to say like name two olympians in the last 10 years you have like usain bolt and michael phelps like fastest swimming guy fastest running guy like otherwise, and Sean White, who's gonna be twenty, he's gonna be his fifth Olympics. Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, I, I was saying China. summer athletes. Sean White is a different animal. Sean White's like forty-one years old. He's out there competing with sixteen-year-olds. It's fucking crazy. That's yeah, but the that stuff was... the Olymp- that makes the Olympics crazy. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but that, but that's also like that's like snowboarding and stuff. Like I remember the, when Olympics just started. Like when snowboarding, you know, when the Olympics just started. No, when snowboarding just started in the Olympics, there was I think Terry Hawkinson or whatever who was yeah. like. 40 or something but still like absolutely gold medaled because he's like yeah man like come at me in the half pipe bro you know like it's like okay no one knows what they're doing mm-hmm. other than this guy who's been doing it his whole life yeah. uh um see so i want to talk about the habs i had a, I had, I, had a I had a good uh uh, uh i had a chris vendito moment when i was thinking about this bit which was like it's a good news bad news yeah it's good news you get to watch you, you we we got to watch the Habs in 2021. Bad news we, we have, to, we have to watch the Habs in 2021. Yeah. Well, I mean the first half of 2021 <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Watched, it's been a, that's the roller coaster, man. Yeah, it was a fun time. <laughs> Listen, I've been quite open on this show about my hate, not hate, but my lack of love, my loss of love for this team. It wasn't rekindled in the summer. I told you that while we were yeah, you were up on the roof. We were hooting and a holler, and you were like, "Bah, fuck the Habs." Well, they're gonna lose. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, and it's because of the ownership group. It's because of this city, this team's just obsession with being fucking mediocre. Uh, the goals aren't to win anymore. The goals are to make the playoffs, and that's laughable. Like you would never w- expect to hear. The Los Angeles Lakers or the New York Yankees talk about making the playoffs as the goal. I, so Even the when thing, those teams are bad, the so goal the thing, is the, still the goal. The goal has to be to add a, a championship when you're running a pro sports team. They have been much more interested. Hold on, Keith. I, I know you're going to have things to say. So let me go here for a minute. They have been much more interested since be, this, this, this ownership group bought the team. We were all worried about Videotron buying the team and what they were going to turn that into. We didn't fucking even think to realize what the son of the old owner wanted to do with the team, and that's to brand them out, 
whore them out as a business venture to fucking boost the coffers, which is fine if you're winning. I don't give a fuck how many condos you want to build. If you're going to put a winner on the ice every year, and I'm not saying win a cup every year. It's not the forties. I understand that, but fucking compete to win. Not, not fucking trading some of your best assets for older declining assets, continuously not being able to develop anybody you draft fucking ever continuously year after year after year. Retreat coaches who do not get the job done all because you can't afford a translator. The years of years of mediocre bullshit that we have peddled off this team and off this city. 21,273 going to fucking bat for one nothing games because your goalie stood on his fucking head. And that's the apex of the, your success for two decades. For two fucking decades. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. Two decades were... Coming on three now, right? Like it, it, it has been. I, like, I would say the, the like mediocre, mediocre teams. Post, mediocre, post ha- maybe Qua, forty. No, but even Patrick Qua. Qua, post Patrick Qua, the team had a real low, a real low where nothing was good. Yeah, the teams yeah, were yeah, very yeah. average. Jose Theodore years, the Jeff Hackett years, those things changed. Zaku Quavu. But then I'm just saying, like since the '80s, dude. In transition, but yeah, since overall, the, since since the '80s, the only times the Habs have had any success. Is if the goalie standing on their head? Whether it's you know Patrick Waugh who actually did drag us to cups, or you know we had. I mean that '93 uh, Chris, team still we had, had Chris players, the, but I they, mean, no, I mean, and well, we've always had players. Like you can't tell me also that like Saku Koivu and Alexi Kovalev weren't players. No, they, they were. were. We didn't build around them enough. Yeah, they but it's it. But we had. They had. A, uh, they were gifted. The greatest goalie of his generation. But yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But like our they, other successes came had, from 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 Christopher Hue was the other our other good run. Uh, UA at Theodore. 2010, you had Halak. You had uh, what's his name? T. Why am I blanking on his name? Jocelyn Thibault. Jocelyn Thibault never stood in his head in Montreal. What are you talking about? He did though. Well, he he had, like, stand he... in his head in Montreal. No, 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 not, not. I'm, I'm saying there was no like postseason, but he was, he was the guy who was like, he would steal games when we a mediocre about the team in the city. That's fine, but I'm saying you legitimately had a a franchise. Goaltender, the best goalie in the league. You had him for a decade. It was Terry Price no longer the best goalie in the league, but he's still top five in my opinion when he's yeah. healthy. But you had the best goalie in the league for a decade. You did fucking fuck all with him. You had Max. And you Pacioretty, didn't help him out at all. PK Subban. He traded away Ryan McDonough for fucking Scott Gomez in one of the worst trades of all time. You traded. You traded away PK Subban. Say what you will about PK. If you if you had to be traded, then you should have been traded for a hell of a lot more than just Shea fucking Weber. A hell of a lot more than just Shea fucking because at that point PK was a fucking asset that was worth more than Shea fucking Weber. It's inarguable. At that point, yeah, and he still is because you know what? PK still playing in the league and Shea's done. But sorta. Hey, <laughs> I take PK Subban over the fucking filth we have on defense right now. What are we talking about? Yeah, without a doubt. But I mean, same. But you, like, so th- this is so the year that they had, right? So like, let's 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 think about twenty twenty one with the Habs, February. Julian gets fired. Mm. Uh, so they were saying at that at that point, pre-pandemic. So they're like, like forget the, the 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 fake year and all that stuff. There were like last season, so two seasons, the pre-pandemic season, whatever the hell that was. We had two eight-game losing streaks under Julian. Julian was done. We prop up Dominic Ducharme, and at that point, not necessarily throwing in the towel, but like it felt like we had kind of thrown in the towel on the season. Sure, right? sure. Like that's you. You put Dominic Ducharme in there. 
And they're like, he plays with the youths and whatever. So to me, and and uh, this the postseason success under Dominic Ducharme is, I think, the biggest, like one of the biggest reasons why we suck now. Like, is no, you, he's not a real head coach. Year, last hold on, last year. No, we got we got there through the luck, coach, and the thing the is, coach, the, you could have fucking. I could coach that team. Prime Scotty Bowman could be with this team right now, would it make a lick of difference? Dominic Charms is a good hockey man. He's a good head coach. He's won junior championships. He succeeded all over. He comes to this shithole of a town, this fucking rotten core of a town, and he finds a situation that was very fucking unflattering. They limp into the playoffs, and then what happens in the playoffs? Well, I'll tell you. You had Carey Price being told that he was washed up and finished. And he's like, I got one more shot in me with this crew. This crew is enough to go to the finals. Because they had point, an easy path. They to had your point path. also, to or to your your other point, you had Shea Weber doing the exact same thing. Exactly. Shea Weber was playing out of his freaking mind. One last run. That, that team was a lot of proud veterans. Corey Perry, Jeff Petrie, Ben Sherratt, who was a young veteran in the league. Eric Stahl, all these guys were. They had a couple of in, exciting young talents in Suzuki and Caulfield, yeah. mm-hmm. and Kokunyemi actually was part of that group. Yeah, the contract playing for a contract filled the no. Yeah, guys. Yeah, guys. And Carey Price was healthy, and he had something to prove last year. Mm-hmm. That's why they I will went say. On that I will run. say one of my 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 and only an, again an inexplicably easy road to the stanley cup finals well, because of the situation wait. with the year last year. yeah but hit the hit the brakes on that nobody nobody thought they were getting past toronto why so would, if, why did nobody think they were getting past toronto no 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 i mean like like a lot of people thought they were getting past toronto i was gonna say you. nobody thought they were getting past toronto except for everybody like like i get that toronto chokes but i was toronto like but chokes. on paper toronto should have sure. should have toronto should have like like toronto lost that series as much as Montreal won it. We love it. We love watching them flounder and fail and not be able to send a team home. Sure. It's, it's great. Montreal, I love yeah, it. Montreal should have lost that series. They they just, they they decidedly won the next two, though. And that's because the goaltender just shut the fucking door. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So when they said, like, oh, like an easy pass to the playoffs, again, Winnipeg, maybe that's a... That's a Winnipeg that's, and Las Vegas were, were very flawed teams. Well, right. But I'm just saying, but still on paper, you you would have put. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Winnipeg goaltender. No, you, you wouldn't have put. Uh, Car- no, no, no. Carter I'm just Hutchinson saying, but like ahead of Gary Price. No, it's not. It's not uh, Hellerbuck. Hellerbuck. Whatever. Yeah, exa- yeah. No, Hellerbuck. Like no, like no. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like Winnipeg, I would agree with you. Was kind of an easy second round, but like you still had Connor Hellebuck, one of the best goaltenders in the in the NHL. Who should have been able to maybe shut down not exactly the fiery offense of Montreal, and then again on paper, everyone was like, "Okay, you got out of the Canadian uh, division. Like it's time for you to get the your faces mopped, mop the floor with your faces by Vegas." And that didn't happen either. It was not the easiest path in the world. If you say we took out Toronto and we took out Las Vegas, I'm just saying. I'm I'm saying. I agree. Was, I agree with you. There's a lot of. It was historically abnormal at the very least. And I will say it it the goaltender, your best player, your superstar last year, had something to prove. And he mm. it meant something to him to make it to that finals because it's like Henrik Lundqvist. If you're gonna be a Hall of Famer, and I 
very much believe Carey Price is a future Hall of Famer, then you need to have a signature moment that's not in the Olympics. Carey Price needed signature. His MVP season was outstanding out of this world. You'll never see a year like that again. Mm-hmm. A guy was just that fucking good. But this that year, I as a as staunch Carey Price guy since the moment he was drafted in that stupid hotel ballroom in Ottawa in 2005. <laughs> it was very much, even though I wasn't, I'm not a fan of the team anymore because for a variety of reasons, one of them being they failed the fucking goaltender. Uh, it was nice to see him finally get his shine, get his run, and lead a team to get that get to get that picture with the, with a trophy. It wasn't the big trophy in the end. It's never gonna be in Montreal. If Carey yeah. Price wins a, wins that wins that trophy, it'll be somewhere else. I will I will say also Carey Price hats off had one of my favorite like low key favorite moments was doing the uh, the elimination press conference in a suit. I thought, yeah. like, I love that. I was like, what a guy. Yeah. I'm like, stand up, Carey Price. <laughs> like everyone else, every, every, I think every single elimination press conference I've ever seen in my life, it's like the guy in the hoodie and sad and whatever. Carey Price showing up and sitting down in a suit, looking like his, his, someone did something terrible to his family. Like, like looking properly obliterated Probably in that crushed. moment. But, but still, but still, like, I put on a suit to do this interview. I was like, that was like the classiest old timey hockey thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, listen, we don't have. It was, to talk- it was cool. I mean, like, like for a losing moment, that was a nice moment. It like, was. Just, it was nice. Yeah. It was. It was heartbreaking. Seeing Shea Weber, I, I, as much as I hated the trade, I appreciate Shea Weber for the player that he was. And he was a good player in his time in Montreal. Uh, there's no denying that. I just feel like I have personal reasons with that trade. But Shea Weber, the human being. Fucking warrior couldn't be couldn't be happier and more crushed and heartbroken for him when he was reacting the way he was. Having said all this, moving forward, is this team in a position where they're going to be able to finally rebuild it to the ground and and, and build back so, up? I, so I guess that's that. So hope. yeah, I, and I also think that if we're going to be doing a, a look back at the Habs here, we can't. There's a few things, obviously, that we need to mention. Uh, one, I think we, we we talked about this on the show with uh, with Seth, uh, Mr. Galena. The the Logan Mayu thing, such such a bad, such a tone deaf bad timing. Someone was going to draft him. I mean, that's the well, that's over and done with. I mean, you're not. Gonna... I, I, it's 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 over and done with, and also like. But it was just like it was just so mean, badly. I don't, I don't mean that to be dismissive of this of, of the severity. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying. But it, it was just like you had just earned so much goodwill, probably got some new fans, and then you do something boneheaded when you're when your general manager is tied to a team that is having probably one of the worst uh, sexual misconduct inquiries of all time against it, right? Like definitely yeah. in the NHL, maybe in sports. Right, the 2010 Blackhawks are like a black mark on pro sports, and Bergevin was in that office. So why is this guy doing it? On top of it's on top of it's a bad call to draft a kid in any I think in any climate, but in a in a under the microscope Montreal environment, doubly bad. In a can I ask you a question? Yep. Are there no more GMs standing from that 2010 Blackhawks team? Kevin Shevchenko did he resign? Yeah. He resigned. Bergeron got fired. Yeah. Uh, Quenville stepped down. 
And he wasn't a GM, but like still, but like Quinville. No, stepped no, down. but there was the Stan Bowman tree of GMs. I think is all is all reti- resigned. The ones resigned, that were on fired, that team. retired, and 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 like I said, and Quinville also apparently knew nothing of it or whatever. Something. Yeah, something, I don't buy that for a second. We could discuss that in another podcast, but that's all bullshit. But yeah. Uh, and I then think... and 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 then also and and I was gonna say and then also I guess as a uh, thank you, but no thank you. The freaking. Nothing made me happier than the fact that Trevor Timmons was also sent packing. Like that. I mean, I don't know. See, that's the thing. Are we sure it was just his fault? There, the, no, the I'm lack... not. I'm not saying it was just his fault, but I'm saying but the like, lack of the it... player development. The guy drafted it was, it was, ostensibly to, to me like a, a lack of player development. Like our, our here, Keith. We would get the draft report from all the guys that we we know. Some of the guys, all the draft, the, the gurus, all. Yeah. Great players. Whew, what a class. Cabs yeah. drafted a loaded class. And then five years later, it's like... Nobody, nobody showed up. That's what I'm saying. I was like, a lack of development. Mont- Montreal used to have one of the best drafting records. Uh, yeah, when we were twinkles in our we, father's eyes. No, 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 no. No, even... I, I was like, up until like 2007, 2008, we, we had a real big problem Man. keeping Man. those players. <laughs> a lot of those players had success after us. But in the last 10 years, and a lot of it's been under Trevor Timmons, it hasn't been that great. I mean, and on top of that, too, I'm like my 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 sports fan opinion of Trevor Timmons was already like waning when I'm like, where are the new young talent that you promised us? They've never showed up outside of maybe Cole Caulfield, right? Like, well, Nick Suzuki was was but Nick more... Suzuki was Vegas's. Yeah, they they got him in a trade. I mean, yeah, but like we, tra- did... we traded Max Patch Ryan... ready for Nick Suzuki, basically. Yeah, Ryan Paling hasn't panned out. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But he, yeah, he hasn't panned yeah. out yet. He hasn't panned out yeah. yet. Uh, Mike McCarron didn't, didn't pan out. Nikita Sherback didn't pan out. Jared Tenorti obviously didn't pan out. Lekkanen no, is, is like... Noah Jolson, not... I know there was some other tragic stuff involved with him, but he mm-hmm. didn't pan out. Um, Lekkanen was supposed to be like maybe a second liner. He's a third liner. All the second round picks there that we're, we're told, even they oh. didn't go anything anywhere else either. Alex Alcheniak... Spare Even Kakanyemi, dude. Kakanyemi, that was like that. That's the another weird upside. Yeah, the Hurricanes definitely trolled with the Kakanyemi draft or whatever. But I'm like, he's at what, like 18 points or something? Like it's, it's he's not playing well. He's getting paid 6.1 million dollars and not putting up a lot of points. But on a team where everyone else is getting points, like if there's a team where you could like just touch the puck and and get a couple points here. It's Carolina. No, they're on like they're on a crazy heater. So if you're doing bad at six point one million dollars on a team that's winning, it doesn't it doesn't look so stupid? First of all, he's a third line center. Uh, I think he's again very- he's an, but he's another he's another second like like touted as a sec, second line maybe top line actually. Third no, he line. was a top six center. He'll be a top six center in his career. Really? Uh, yeah, no, he's like five he, years into his career regret, now. You will regret letting that kid go. Probably. And, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I, I regret letting Max, Max Pacioretty go even in the short term. Like, you know, no, like, no, no, I'm no. like... Max Pacioretty gave you an asset in... Um, Nick Suzuki. Actually, Nick Suzuki. the Max Pacioretty trade was a brilliant was the, trade. Was the best, though. Was the high point of Bergevin's career. Because it, because it you got you short-term was... payoff with Tatar. Like, the short term, yeah. you got Thomas Tatar, which was, like, a, a stopgap. And now we actually get a Nick Suzuki for the real... Wasn't there the a real involved, meat. too? And I think, yeah, I think in a pick game, are we also? Let's not, again, I don't want to spend too much more time on this because our, our final topic is really exciting, but. All right. And the, so hang on. Is there any, there was other, oh yeah. So I guess like the, the long, 
to finish up on Carey Price and to the player assistance program, there's rumor there's rumors he might not play at all. Again, when you talk about why would you bring him back? You're tanking at this point for a right. high draft pick. <laughs> and there's rumors to your point about uh, something to prove. The 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 rumblings that I heard literally were that he wanted to come back in January to warm for, up for the Olympics. For the Olympics, yeah. <laughs> like that was, and that now was the it. Olympics are off the table. He's like, screw this, I'm going home. No, but if be, even if you're the Canadians, why bring him back at this point this year? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing too with like, He's why are they going to fire? He's got seven years, six years left on his contract. Like, why are they going to fire Dominic Ducharme at this point? They're not. Like Jeff no, Gordon said. No, let, 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 out of respect to Dom and, and, and getting into the finals last year, you let him finish out the year with this crappy AHL level team. You mm-hmm. hope you hope to God that you get some positivity out of Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and a couple of the other young players that they have, Alex Romanoff and all them. You hope to God that you play them all 20, 25 minutes a night and, and let them get as much run as they can. And then next year, they're going to have to build it back up from the ground up. And so, the, and so so closing it off on the Habs, do you think Jeff Gorton can get it done? I, I I think that it's it's finally, 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 at least the Habs acknowledged that they need to find a loophole to this. The GM has to speak French nonsense. I, I, I've been yelling. Well, this is what we have with Ganey. Ganey didn't speak great French. Right. But but Ganey, Ganey at least played with the logo on his shirt. So a lot of people are going to forgive him. Yeah. Right? Bob, people knew Bob. <clears throat> but, but this guy, Jeff Gordon, I mean, he didn't First, cause an uproar. It didn't cause an uproar. Well, because he's not the, the general right manager. He's not the GM. The GM will, will I, I, enjoy, I, it's the Leafs structure basically is what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be hard pressed to think that Matthew Darsh isn't the number one guy for the job. Yeah, I think I, I see that he's part of the new school. Um, which is, which is, I think, I think at least, at least they have my attention in the fact that like Gordon is actually like an, like not a bullshit. I'm Bergevin, I'm an analytics guy, but I go with my heart, and sometimes you see what you can tell. And I'm like, yeah, can you? Because I was like, there's there's enough numbers in a game that you can make your decision well, based on numbers. As a, as a football fan, I am uh, inclined to tell you that uh, I, I've about had it with uh, people who uh, don't understand analytics and who use analytics as a, some sort of catch-all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like like Ber- Bergevin's, take, Bergevin's take on analytics is bullshit because all he got were grit players and guys in the room. And And don't get me wrong. I think some of that is real. If I'm looking at Corey Perry and whatever, and some of it's bullshit. If I'm looking at like what's his name, Stahl or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like sometimes there no, is. No, I think the bullshit in in the case of a Bergeron has the tried to is building a team around those principles. Is 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 you know giving a contract to Brandon Prust all those years ago? Yeah, uh, giving him a four year deal, giving contracts to guys. Uh, sticking it out with Davy DeHarnay as a top line center. We did yeah. that for a spell. Like all it's, these things. It's, like, it's also it's it's also like the, the broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing because sometimes not you, paying like, Philip Deneau actually not paying is, Philip Deneau is dumb is a mistake but, that will use cutting Emmy and Deneau in the same offseason and then ridiculous. you wonder why you have seven seven wins at Christmas. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean at the same time too is like. The Gallagher was a Bergevin bet that paid off, but then Bergevin, trusting Gallagher his heart, sold, trusting his heart, should have been traded. Didn't sell him when he should. Like I'm saying, like like should've we got traded. the best years of Gallagher. Should have traded him when he was when he had value. Now his like a, his hands are a bag of chopsticks. Like it's it's sorry. I love Brendan Gallagher, heart and soul of the team, spark plug, whatever. Left. 
exactly. He's done. And there was a, but I was like, so like taking the chance on Brendan Gallagher because of his heart and fiery passion, whatever, was actually good. Because we, but that's like, just another example of this fucking city and this organization falling in love with mediocre. He's an above average NHL player who is the heart of a lion. He's a guy that has the skill set of an who gets paid Nothing. Like that that's the thing is the contract the Brendan Gallagher contract is actually a good NHL contract and you get a lot of value out of that contract. I I, I don't now dispute I don't dispute his value to a team. I love Brent, I love Brendan Gallagher. Uh, I think he was he he's important to this team. My issue with Brendan Gallagher is that he cannot be part of your core. He cannot be part of your guys mm. that you list as we're going to battle with these guys as our guys, and Brendan is one of them. It's just not he needs to be part of the team, part of the solution, but he can't be one of your core seven guys. Yeah, just can't well, exactly. That's it, it's that whole he, like he, you're, that means your team isn't good enough because he doesn't have the skill set. He can't be in that core group of guys. He can be part of the team. He can be part of your extended core, if you will. But he cannot be one of your best players. Yeah, like, he like, is, like, you're fucked. As, you're a, fucked. as a Blackhawks, as a Blackhawks fan, right? Like I, I, I've said this numerous times, where I'm just sort of like, here's how you build a team. When, when it, when it's like go time, like when, it, when your your back's against the wall. During the Blackhawks, like like dynasty, you have Corey Crawford, uh, Duncan Keith. Brent Seabrook, Marion Hosa, Jonathan Taze, and Patrick Kane on the ice. And you're like, hey, yeah, are those Patrick like... Sharp, too. Don't forget him. Yeah, no. And I love Sharp also, but to your point, Sharp is your Gallagher, really. It tells you, well, Patrick Sharp is a 40-goal scorer, so... Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, on that team, he's your Gallagher. But I'm just saying, but yeah, like, compared, to, compared to those guys, you're like, Sharp, Sharp is a lot, of, uh, a lot of heart and soul. But I'm like, when your back's against the wall, you can put out an undeniable top line, Actually, an yeah, undeniable right. top pairing. You're right, Keith. And... He never scored forty. That's my yeah. threshold, by the way. Is if you're good, you score forty goals. If you're a winger, if you're an all star. If you're a winger, if you're an elite yeah. winger, you've had forty goal seasons. Yeah. Uh, if not, then you're just and, and Sharp, but like Sharp, Sharp was beloved by the fans because Sharp was around before the dynasty, right? Like, like he did his time with the shit team. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then got to be around and pick up a couple cup wins. But I'm just saying, like, you're like, yeah, that's how you build the team. You have a like, at on any team in the NHL, that's a top pairing. That's a top line, and that's probably your goalie starter. Like Crow is not the greatest goalie of all time, but meh, probably a top tenner at that at that stage in his career. So you're like, yeah, you're putting you're putting out real starters and real forwards and real defensemen. The Habs have never done that. You're like, well, oh, they're they a top line. Bit, they always do it in bits and pieces, right? Yeah, and they do it in bits and pieces, and they make mistakes. They, they letting Alexander Radulov go is a big time mistake. Uh, and only to trade your best defensive prospect that you had in Mikhail Sergachev for Jonathan fucking Drouin. Another mistake. And I like Johnny, he's a good kid, but that was a terrible mistake that set the expectations way too high. And it was a lateral move. Some was even a regression. It ended up being a regression. Um, so Jeff Gordon, does it get you excited or not? What Jeff Gordon, excited or not? A little bit. I'm a little. I'm a little interested in an actual the breath of fresh direction. air. I don't know if I'll ever be excited about this team if Molson's the owner. To say that, mm-hmm. um, I will. I will obviously be interested to see who he hires, though, as a GM. The coach is and the a coach. coach is less important. The coach. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's fucking Ali Vigneault at this point. But uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I know Jeff Gordon fired Ali Vigneault, but mm-hmm. yeah. Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice could come back. No. No, it's done. 
No, why would Paul Paul Maurice couldn't handle Winnipeg? He's going to come to Montreal. <laughs> By uh, the way, Paul Maurice, big ups to you. It takes a. I don't know if people are up to speed of what Paul Maurice did this week, but he basically said, I've lost the room. I cannot lead this team the, the way it needs to be led anymore. I'm going to walk away from the team. Yeah. I mean, forget all the shit about contract and all that. I'm sure it's going to get worked out. It's none of my business. Well, he's, uh, also, it takes he's a big man. Walking away, but he's also walking away from apparently $4.5 million. Yeah, it takes a Ain't big nothing. man to be like, I am not the right person to voice for this team anymore. It's a, it's a, it's something that you would, you would wish more coaches would, would demonstrate in their, in their dealings with every day, because yeah. coaches love talking about what the expectations are for players, but they never follow through with it, what their expectations are for themselves. So good on Paul yeah. Maurice for doing that. I, I appreciate that also. Um, so last summer, I don't even know, was it this summer? Was it last summer? Who the fuck knows when we were doing Go Quarantine Yourself originally? Uh, I said you quarantine must watch. Succession, and mm-hmm. you were like, "I'll get around to it." Yeah, and uh, and now I, when you blasted through all three seasons, was that it? Or yeah, we watch- did. I, I did. My mom got in it too. She was up. She was on board. And let me tell you, uh, I can see what I can see what all the hype's about. One, uh, two. Um, if you thought you hated Brian Cox in uh, X Men Two. <laughs> You're going to hate him a hell of a lot more in this fucking show. So this show, though, does something that I find is, is I think, the most astonishing feat of television making happens in succession, where, like, everyone is a scumbag, but at the same time, you're, you're like, oh, Logan Roy, you got him again. Like, even while he's being a piece of shit, awful father, destroying his kids. Make your own fucking pile. Yeah, ex- ex- like you're like, what a great dude. Never. <laughs> like, I don't think – I think you need help if you ever say those words. I think you could – much like The Sopranos, although people need to stop comparing the two together exclusively, I, I think uh, the difference between The Sopranos and and this film is that – this show is that I think Tony, honest to God, tried to be a good father – Oh yeah, where Logan is Logan just never despises did. his children. He yeah. hates them. There's not even a little bit of and he's created all all this, right? The only one I mean, he like I mean the the old the oldest was uh, Connor. Connor oh, yeah. Connor's just <laughs> Con- I mean like, I we'll get into I, the final episode being very much uh in in, in the the uh the lens of the Godfather. I think if you're yeah. a Godfather fan, there was a lot of like very clear, like oh homages, right up to yeah. the last scene, really with the yeah. door closing. That's like blatant Godfather. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he's Fredo. He's Fredo. He's Fredo. Connor, the oldest, is Fredo Corleone. He even had a scene in the final, the final show. This I'm the oldest. I'm the eldest. I'm the yeah, old man. It should have been me. It should have been me. <laughs> Which is just Connor. Connor refusing to take his jacket off uh, during Ken's fortieth yeah. birthday. Yeah, it's just Connor. Like, Connor is like, and uh, Connor has the the worst type of Big Brother syndrome ever. Where you could tell this guy like would he like much like their father. He probably bullied these kids when they were all younger. But, or but also or didn't right? Because like the the this year there's the um, when Roman is like he's like I don't uh, when Roman makes up a story about like a good time good feeling story about his dad 
taking him on a fishing trip. And his dad's like, I don't remember doing that. And he's like, yeah, it was Connor who took me. So it's like, so I think that Connor was like in weird ways, in some senses, not the worst big brother. Well, because he's not like, related to their, to their evil C word of a mother. Well, right. And, and at the same time, and then even then. Just, like, the, just honestly, and she's a great actress, the mother, but yeah. she's just a deplorable human being. She's the worst. She's like, you, you don't, they're all bad people. But it's almost like gratuitous and how bad they've made the mother. So she like can't. Looking, be, no, she can't be. No, it's impossible. I've never met a mother like this hateful of her of her kin before. It's impossible. Yeah. Well, she 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 straight up tells her daughter that having children was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> like to I her mean, face. There was this and scene, not not an in, not in an angry like uh, an angry like explosive no, mother like I wish I never had you. Assassin like, way. Yeah, like in a, in a this is a heart to heart moment between us, and I should have never had you. Like not in a, not in a, like I can't believe you. I wish I know. I wish you were never born or whatever. Yeah, like none of that. The series, a season. Sorry, when Kendall's like op- trying to open up to his mom, and she's like, "Let's talk about this tomorrow," and then she bounces. <laughs> she leaves. Yeah, season two. Like she when ba- they're in a, she bounces in before before they have the speech. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> come on, you're. Terrible. I think I think that that's the other thing too. Is like the, just the moments of sheer awfulness. Like, is it season two or is it season one? Which, no, season, oh, it is season two's uh, premiere where Ken is at the rehab facility. He's been there for two days and his dad's like, pack your bags, get out of here, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Checks him into rehab and then is like, I need you, get out of there. It's, and, and I mean, at the beginning of the show, Shiv wasn't part of the family business, which I think. Right. Made her realization during the finale of the past season when she realized that her parents both fucked her, and that not just that, but her husband fucked her too. And she yeah. just shoot her husband. I don't think she knows yet. I don't think she knows. I think yet. she realized when 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 Logan puts his hand on Tom's shoulder. I don't in think the she doorway knows. and the doors. Kind no, of I think I think I think we. I mean, like we we know the viewer. But I'm like, but like, this is a guy who, like, obviously, like, Logan is going to put his hand on Tom no matter what. Tom was willing to go to jail for him a couple weeks ago. No, I understand. But she calls, if Shiv has any, unless they've created just the dumbest character. But she doesn't. So so here's the deal. If Shiv has to know. No, no, Shiv has to know. So she has to she's, know she was she's not. She's not. Because here, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why she doesn't know. She's dumb, then. She's, not, the she's, not, she's dumb. not dumb. So I love Shiv, the, but if she does, I, I'm I'm assuming she knows. She's not. Well, she I love know. again loving any of these people is a stretch. But I'll tell I, I like I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you why she doesn't know. So we Sarah and I were deconstructing this. Is the three kids put together make Logan, right? And I was like, and it's very specifically Shiv is the smartest, but with no people people skills can't read a room. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. Mm-hmm. And and that's why she doesn't know about Tom. She never reads the room. Even like when she goes and tries to Kendall push her luck with Jerry that. and stuff like that. She can never read a room. She never knows when to stop. She get, she says something and it's good. Then she pushes it too far and someone gets mad at her. Every time. She cannot read the room. She can't read the person across from her. She's smart, but that is her biggest flaw. Roman is probably the best people skills guy, but not that smart. And also doesn't necessarily most have a head for business. Huh? Most of most most. You could tell he's terrified of his father. Well, yeah. Also, I think mo- the most damaged, weird. Most well, no, damaged, maybe, maybe, the most damaged. Yeah, well, no, not not the most damaged, but the most like the most. You had a bad childhood. I saw by. someone. I saw someone on a Reddit thread talk, say this, but when he at the end of the episode when he goes Jerry, 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 when he screams after her, it's like yeah, 
he's basically going like mommy, mommy, mommy. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right, and and then in her too, she basically like basically is like you know you got played, you didn't play the game the right way. These yeah. people are all playing. This is the kids, and this is why it's setting up for the, the some of the criticisms of I read. I, I consume a lot of the stuff once I once I catch up on the show. I, I like read mm-hmm. the different takes and stuff. Some of the criticism is that it's just setting up stakes and like moving things around to have another battle next year. I'm like, well, yeah, hey, duh, it's a family drama. Yeah, but, I mean, we, uh, we talked about this offline, right? Like this season had a lot of things we were told are big stakes that then they kind of move past once they're past, right? Yeah, like, exactly. We spent so two, same, we spent two years being gonna, afraid. Yeah, whereas of, if you thought Kendall was the winner at the end of season two and it was a pretty triumphant ending to season two, yeah. season three's ending leads to suggest that it's next the next season is going to be an all-out war. But on the surface, it's like, what, what's left of win? The company's been sold. The show could end now. And we, it's not like we need anything left answered. Well, so I'm, I, I mean, I'm at interested the same time, to see what happens next. Yeah, exactly. Because you well, want to I mean, see the, Logan fail, too. You've seen the kids destroyed. You want to see Logan pays. Yeah, this is this is the and this is the other thing too. Where I was thinking about another show. Uh, Did you watch Silicon Valley? Bits and pieces, but not the whole season. Not the whole series. Highly recommend if you're if you're you're not doing anything for the next couple days, maybe binge it. That was a you're not doing anything. I'm not, but I have so much football (laughs) to watch because the COVID keeps moving games around. But anyway, okay. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, but like so, what what Silicon Valley is really 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 good at is like just crushing these characters down for like the 75 to 80 percent of the season and then in the last episode or two giving them the tiniest win to make think that maybe they're going to be okay and and that's where i think that succession maybe needs to find its footing a little bit is the kids are now like ground to a pulp where they all seem useless which Uh, which i think is no no not kendall that I pushed back. I had this conversation with somebody else. You watch that last scene again. Oh Roman, no, I love it. Kendall, Roman Kendall's eyes light up. Yeah, Roman is terrified. And, and then, oh yeah, that, that was that. Then also that finishes right? the triumvirate though of, of Shiv, the Logan thing. By the way, yeah, Kendall has the business is, brain. Shiv is like in shock because I again we disagree. I think she realizes that Tom betrayed her. Too. I don't think she does. I think she does. That's so she cool. went she went in the corner and like hyperventilated a bit. That's not because of her mom. She knows her mom would would sell her out. Come on. She, she no, had to have at least known her mom was capable of something. I don't think she thinks Tom was capable of doing that. And her eyes, when she sees Tom and, and Logan, there's something there that she knows. She definitely knows. She's too smart not to realize that. Sorry. No, that's what I'm saying. But her, but her biggest weakness is people skills. Yeah, but that's her husband. She treats him like shit. And then she saw it. She saw it. And also, she had to realize before, like, it had to have clicked in her head when, when on the phone call when they were in the car. And where does that leave me, Shiv? And it's don't worry, you'll be taken care of. But that should have been your clue. That, that That's to us, the viewer. We definitely knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. I said, we know. We yeah, know. I agree no with way. You. But Kendall, if you look at Kendall, Kendall's, like, calm. He's sure of himself and looks like he's, like, he's got, he's focused on his father. Like, Kendall, it's Kendall versus Logan. It's set up again, but. If, well, no, because and if again, any of the it. kids is gonna pull it off. It's gonna be Kendall taking. Because Ken down is the off. only one that understands real business. Also, but he's the only one who understands the depths his father would go to. Yeah, I don't think Shiv and Roman realized the father would go that far. I think Kendall always knew he would. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, and and that's the thing too is like even in this whole season of where he was trying to do the right thing and whatever else, it's just like and propping up all of the all of the evils of the company. He worked at the company the longest and the closest. 
So like he knows. It's not just like, oh, creepy Uncle Mo. Kendall knows what they did kind of thing. Like, and, and it's not hearsay and it's not whatever. Like Kendall was in some of those emails, you know, like <clears throat> Kendall knows. And I think that that's, that's the only thing like this is their, their leg to stand on is ultimately going to come down to like Sandy and Stewie, right? Stewie yeah. and Kendall get along. They can't be happy about it, whatever else. And uh, they're going to rally the board and who knows what else. Like, I think there's some moves that, that we that obviously right now. And I also think like some of that raw, raw stuff about Logan is like, he's such a badass boss. It's like, well, he's a, he's a terrible human being. That much has always been clear from day one. And Brian Cox, Brian Cox is just so like much like James Gandolfini. He's so intoxicating in the way he plays him. And what's his name? Brian Cranston too, with uh, Walter White. They're yeah. so intoxicating with the way they play these monsters. But they're monsters. Like the yeah. reason his kids are shitbags, sure. He raised them to be that, though. Yeah. He never let them have outside interests. Because whenever he needed them, whether it was Shiv instead of going off to start her own firm, keeping her there, or whether it was Roman looking to go to another, like to travel across, travel abroad for school, or whether it was Kendall, right? With, with, um, uh, when he wanted to make like his own little in, uh, investments there, into well, the yeah, other company. That, and then, or, then Logan's like, "Shut it down." Yeah, or rehab, <laughs> right? When he he brings him to rehab, and then two days later, he's like, "Let's go, you're done." Yeah. <laughs> like, well, the he, mom the mom says it right, whereas like we never had dogs because your father would just kick them to see if it, like to test its loyalty to see yeah, if it yeah, came back. That's kids. how he treats his kids. Yeah, he moves his kids around on the chessboard like they're like they're chess pieces and not his kids. But then also because they're his kids, expects them to love him still. Yeah, and why would you go against me? Yeah, come to me with fucking love. Yeah, it's disgusting. I also think uh, we haven't even talked about cousin Greg. Cousin Greg is has the most tragic storyline. Just watching him, watching him slowly get more and more corrupt and corrupted and compromising his own beliefs, and just like as he gets that was completely. We're always gonna head towards that, though. Oh yeah, it was no way. How could you possibly maintain innocence? Like you can't. And Although soul. I did, what, my... what's the soul? What, what does he say to to, to Tom at, at the end? Like there? I think he did, like literally, like what what use is a soul? What anyhow? use is like... a soul anyway? Yeah, yeah. It's like ah, yeah. oh, the transformation is complete. You 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 just came back, came out to brag about you know playing two girls against each other and whatever, yeah. and then it's like what's a soul anyway? Yeah, so you done. sell out your own cousins. Yeah, you sell out your and own also... cousins. And uh, also uh, uh, always treated him like shit, which is the lesson in all this. Well, yeah. Well, Tom said, "What? Think about what? What has anyone in this family really done for you?" Well, everyone's always done that to Tom, right? His wife, the brothers—they've all. Like, what do you think? Where? Well, I think is it season? Is it season two? Season two, where uh, Tabitha and Roman come over and have dinner with Tom and Shiv, and like. Rome and Shiv are just like taking shots at 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 Tom, and then just like all of a sudden, Tom's like, "Fuck off, Shiv!" <laughs> just like, and it's like a great moment because you rarely seen spine from him until yeah, that point. We saw it. You saw it in this episode. Well, you saw it by season three, but I'm saying this is like this is season one, season two stuff where he's just like, "Fuck the off." The way Shiv. the way he's like hugging her at the end of the season, though. That's oh, great. That's it amazing. was just like and he kisses her on the head. This is why she has to know. She has to. Know. Yeah. Again, I think you're giving her too much credit. I think that I don't too. think you're giving her enough credit. She's not a fucking doofus. But I'm just saying her her person like 
Like she not emotionally not taking Tom serious, not taking Tom seriously is her one of her main character flaws. I, know, I don't think she thinks. Like, I don't think she thinks he's capable of what he just did. That 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 arm. That well, he certainly is. He certainly is, but I don't think she like she belittles him and thinks so little of him. I don't think she thinks he's capable of. What also, he again, not to not to keep bringing up the Godfather, but that was uh, that was the. Uh, Today we settle all family business type of fucking, uh, you know, <laughs> head pat with, uh, yeah, with Logan great. there. Listen, it's a great show. It's obviously. Also, I'd be remiss if I also didn't say the 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 the, the Jeremy Strong article slash hit piece slash whatever that came out from the New Yorker. You must have obviously. I saw it. First of all, the <laughs> New Yorker by day is putting up more and more drivel and garbage. Um, listen, Jeremy Strong is a crazy actor artist. Yeah, they I, I think are not the first, not the last. De Niro on the set of Dog Day Afternoon would demand every morning a, a paper from like Delaware County. <laughs> This is in the seventies, and he would openly yell on on set that you know Serpico only took two hours to shoot. Yeah. Um, you know, I think actors, like the only the only thing that I will crazy, say is what I'm saying. Actors are crazy. The actors only thing crazy. that I will kind of where I like where I raised an eyebrow in that article. A lot of it just seemed like yeah, he's real method, but you get the results. So I think the article is bullshit mostly. Like yeah. I'm like that's fine. I'm like you're getting the results. Like like even like Sorkin or whatever was it? Sor- yeah, yeah. I think I it was mean, Sorkin. It, it who but who came su- out afterwards? It was like sucks for Jeremy Strong to have <laughs> Sorkin running through his defense. Yeah, but I'm just saying. But he like they used one of his quotes out of context, right? Like that was the. Yeah. Also, do we believe? Do we really believe that Aaron Sorkin doesn't have Twitter? Apparently, he gets his friends to post for him. Um, <clears throat> the only thing that I thought that was kind of funny though. Is the notion that he doesn't really understand or understand or accept that it's a comedy, which is just like insane to me. But I can also kind of buy it because it's not a comedy to Ken. So why would it be a comedy to Jeremy Strong? Wait, you think you think Succession is a comedy? There are many, many, many. Sure, there were many, many funny moments in Sopranos, bro. But like a like. And and here's the thing. I think it, the whole entire thing is a comedy, like in lots of ways, dark comedy for sure. But at any moment where someone is a backstabber and a monster and whatever, and this is kind of where to me it veers off from stuff like Sopranos and Breaking Bad is like, yes, maybe they're ruining some people financially, but like at no point in time are there life or death stakes. And that's why it's just like it's such a dark comedy to me is you're just like these people are just playing with people's entire financial livelihoods like freaking checkers like and that's that ah, it's it's gross but like to me there's a lot of a lot of their like otherwise evil things become dark comedy like look at these like how how is this this set of monsters trying to determine who the next president is like that that it's if it's not comedy like it's so tragic it turns to comedy in my eyes in lots of it I like even I mean, stuff, and it's like even, Michael, and even Imperi- that's the- Michael Imperioli is famous for for thinking that the pilot script of The Sopranos was a spoof parody comedy. Mm. Uh, David Chase has been quite open. The guys who wrote who were the showrunners of Succession are very very open about their admiration for David Chase. Mm-hmm. Um and the Sopranos in particular as an inspiration is basically the, the way I sold this shirt to my mom is it's the Sopranos in a white 
super rich like Greg and Tom Greg and Tom are comedy through and through yeah but so was like fucking Silvio Dante and Pauly Cifaretto you know and Mm. and Pauly Walnut excuse me and Ralph Cifaretto definitely but yeah yeah Greg and Tom like are the, comedy. Like the, and like it, I don't. I don't think I. I just fucking move in the show to date. They're comedy, sure. but they just. But, yeah, they just, but I'm. am just. I'm not saying that they're. 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 There isn't drama Tom, in the show. Tom, even though Greg's are even coming out, like just the way he even he just calls Tom like Tommy boy. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the like one of the the funniest like single moments I think of season three is when. Logan calls over Greg to get Greg on his side, and then just like he's like, "Do you want a drink?" And he's like, "Oh, it's it's morning." And he's just sort of like, "I I guess I'll have like a rum and coke." And he's like, "Get Gregory a can of Coca Cola." And he just like has a little rum and coke, but then it's a five minute conversation, and he's like, "I'm I'm I'm gonna down this. I'm gonna down this." Like because like just like drinks it as fast. That entire scene is hilarious. There's a lot of of funny moments, but there's also what was it? He was like the '60s, a different time, a better time. Not for some, like fucking killed me. Like, yeah, I know. I, it's just hard me. for me to square it as just a comedy when it's not just the a majority comedy. of the show, or hard for me to, to, to label it as a comedy when the majority of the show is built off the back of the fact that you know the lead character hates his adult children. So, yeah, but like, and abuses them openly and continually. Yeah, but like, bore on the floor is a like a dark comedy scene. Right? Yeah, I guess. Like, like even I often. No, I'm often not saying quote, it's not funny or it's not dark yeah. comedy elements. I just wouldn't call it a comedy, and hmm. that's why Jeremy Irons isn't going to call it. A, Jeremy Strong, sorry, is not isn't going to call it a comedy. But like, can I mean Roman? A lot of Roman stuff is played for laughs. Of course, like, it means. Kieran, also, I feel like I feel like Kieran Culkin is never going to be able to play anybody else ever again. No, for sure. And did you see him on SNL? I was like, oh no, he's just Roman. Yeah, it's because like he watches. I think like, a lot of his natural. There's a lot of maybe too much improv stuff, that he's able to do with that character. That yeah, a lot of his natural mannerisms come out. He's the kid's fucked. He's fucked. Yeah, but I mean, whatever. Like, what a if you're if you're gonna have a role. If your high point a, is this, and everything else you do after is just a you're all right. It's fine. Like Jeremy, like Jeremy Strong uh, has played. Other, he was in The Big Short. He was in that Sorkin mm-hmm. Trial of the Chicago 7 movie. He's on other stuff yeah. where he was different characters. Sarah, Sarah Snook already did Six Feet Under. Yes, I love Sarah Snook too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian Cox has nothing to prove. Brian Cox is like, Brian fucking Cox. Yeah. Make your own fucking pile. Great. Just oh, absolutely we got to get Walter in the show because he would absolutely be a Logan Roy guy. He'd be Team oh, yeah, Logan all sure. fucking day. Fuck them kids. <laughs> Has he watched it all? No, I'm gonna try to pitch that we do a, a thing for for pitch uh, a watching Succession. A, Chris makes Walter watch Succession, and we'll do a podcast. He'll love it, I'm sure. He would fucking adore it. Yeah. All right. So Although I will say, I will say, as a looking at the whole series uh, thing, the the business of season two, yeah, gets confusing. Like what's yeah, going on? All, the, the, the show na- the show navigates it well enough that it's always compelling. But when you're trying to understand like the proxy battle, whatever, I will say though, 
My, the company that I work for uh, went through a really uh, public proxy battle or still is kind of in the middle of a proxy battle. And I was like, it's like succession. So now I have context, which is nice. Yeah, just so, like succession. Um, uh, are you, I'm kidding. Not, I'm, I'm sure yours is more real, actually. Uh, uh, I, I was going to say, I was for. like, it's a very big company that yeah, I work yeah, for. I know, so. you work, I know who you work for. So. <laughs> like Let's it's... wrap it there before we get any fucking uh, third party lawsuits. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, I'm excited for season four. Season four, we're gonna have to wait till next summer, right? I think so. Yeah. So, or maybe next. I don't know why, next but we've always spring? watched them. Next fall, I, sorry. It feels like a good winter show. I think they should keep it in that winter. In the, time blo- slot. In the fall block, the fall block is the award awards block, right? So. Yeah, exactly. That's it. We'll see. Ca- I just, uh, yeah, no, stop hating on Jeremy Strong because he's a better actor than your favorite actor. You know. He's he's a fantastic actor. I, the, and, uh, he was a dynamite. Part of this episode, he did so much in this episode. Yeah, we're talking he went about from being here. barely coherent at the beginning when you see him coming at the breakfast table there, look picking up his kids. To by the end of this the episode, you're like, all right, well, you're the guy of all the kids. You're the guy that's going to take get him out. Well, of he's he's also like, and people say like, oh, he didn't he didn't say any. He said one word in Logan's presence, right? Yeah. Like, but at the same time, I will say like to his acting and to his performance, there's two two moments that like really really sell. Ken is Ken's not dead kind of thing, which is the like as soon as they kind of come together to take out Logan, the way he like lights up, like like he suddenly like he goes from looking like a completely defeated guy sitting there like staring He's at the motivated window again to his to his eyes light up because he was like the only the only thing that motivates Kendall. I think it's it's killing Logan. Like, well, business killing Logan. I think actually killing Logan at this point. Maybe actually killing Logan. And yes, he doesn't say anything. There's theories, as people say in their theories, that they were trying to get him riled up to have a heart attack. That's why they want to shock him and surprise him. Hmm. I don't agree, but it's not bad. It's not something to be dismissed out of hand. Hmm. But I will also say that in that moment when uh, the the door is slammed shut and the kids can't take over and there's nothing they what, can the do. But the coffee moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <clears throat> the make make your own fucking pile moment. Logan is not Logan. Kendall is the only one who seems to be thinking about tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. He's pl- his mind's his the wheels are spinning. He's he's smiling. He knows. He's like, okay, you you gave me something. I think in his twisted head, he's like, there's an opportunity here. I know it. And yeah, we'll exactly. See. He's like, we haven't we haven't worked it out, but I'm I'm he's We're like not dead I, yet. Well and, and not just that, it's like the betrayal didn't shock him because of course his dad had something up his sleeve. Yeah, but he wanted to know what, I think. Now that he knows. Well, yeah, no, but but that's what I'm saying. Whereas like whereas like Shiv Shiv and and, and Rome are like, what do we do now? They Whatever would never like they that. never saw the betrayal coming, Kendall did. Kendall was like, yeah, this is it's probably gonna go south, but now let's let's figure this out. So that's uh that's where our whatever happens, I'm I'm excited. We'll see you so. next season. Yeah. Yeah. That's been uh, us. This was go quarantine yourself. Stay tuned in two weeks where I was real excited. I was real excited, listener and Chris, to potentially do a shit show in person. The smoker boys could get a little drunk. The drinker boys could get a little drunk. And then uh, whatever, all that stuff. Chicanery will follow. Uh, we're, we might still do. I don't think we're going to be able to. Who knows? We'll see what happens tomorrow. I, I was like, we'll see. We'll see. Like, it, it, There will be a shit show. Uh, it'll be a bummer if it's another team shit show. Uh, but uh, we'll do it. The viewer, we'll it. The viewer will still have a good time, so. Exactly, that's it. But it was I was real excited to have like we I think I mean we've we've gotten together in person once or twice this summer, but I was like it's been rare that we've even like 
just oh, the yeah, host hung out. On your, on your balcony, on your roof? Yeah, yeah no, for sure. But anyway, a lot of us were watching hockey, so you and Lawrence were around. But I was like, but there was also that time where like the everybody came over and Ines was there also. Like, yeah, yeah, I was like, uh, it's been a rare, like there's been a very few go plug yourself uh, reunions in the last We'll, we'll have while. one soon. I'm sure nice. of it. We'll do, a, we'll do a shit show in, in March just for fun. That's it. For episode, I don't know, 250? Coming up on 250, coming I Coming up on 250, yeah. Well, like, coming up, I mean, like, next year at some point in next year, we hit 250. I think we're 230-something. I don't know. Go quarantine yourself, everybody. Stay safe. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. From, from all of us here, go plug yourself. <laughs>Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, we really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, Please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal or uh, just people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a, it's a fun show. We, we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and, uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something. Uh, big thank you, as always to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude who provided our theme songs and of course a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show uh, Walter J. Ling who is technically retired but still sometimes hosts uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Korber and uh, Ines Anaya uh, all, are all amazing co-hosts and you should support them and their comedy and uh, and all of that. Uh, thank you for listening thank you for choosing Go Plug Yourself uh, as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day Thank you. 905.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics, made in Montreal since 2011.